We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into episode number 191 of Greatest Pod in the South. I'm Neil McCready, J.G. Tate, with me here as well today on this uh, Wednesday, October the 5th. We hope you're having a wonderful week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. We'll be with you for, I don't know, however long we're here. We always say we're not going to go an hour, and then we end up going an hour. So who knows what's going to happen. Uh, Jay, how are you? It is wonderful to be here, Sir Neil McCready, live from Montgomery, Alabama. Actually, I call it Hampstead, Alabama, which is my neighborhood because I pretend like I don't live in Montgomery. But uh, it's wonderful to be here on these airways uh, with you, Neil McCready, uh, a man who is covering one of the best teams in the country this year. It's exciting uh, for you. Yes, ULM is uh, rolling. We beat Louisiana Lafayette, and uh, we're cruising. We won the won a big rivalry game in the Sun Belt, starting to make some noise. You don't cover them, though, do you? I just love them. I, I think about them hourly, minutely. <laughs> they had a few big signees on the ski jumping team, which I um, there's been some talk. There's been some yeah. talk. That maybe that wasn't done quite on the up and up. That NIL, you know, they they did some shady stuff, and the guys of NIL, which yeah, they went they went to Sweden, they got Sven Eriksson to come in and uh, do well, this ski jumping, and he's just God, he's a professional dude. Come the on, things man. that he does in the air with uh, two skis, it's just remarkable. <laughs> really ah, yeah, what a week! Uh, what a week! Governor, governor, a good team. We'll see. Uh, we'll see just how good they are over the course of time. But they uh, they played a really big game against Kentucky and won. So. Yes, my game. alma mater. I watched that game. Beautiful weather, pretty much all through the southeast, but particularly in Oxford last weekend. I know the stadium and, uh, kind of popped in the daytime, but people are pissed off about daytime football, Jay. Well, I, I defend it because, look, I've tried to tell people this. As a sports writer, I'm never going to be on your side on this. It's, we, we're just going to be mortal enemies. Fans want night games. We loathe night games. Fans loathe day games. I rejoice in day games. And so it just kind of is what it is. We're, we're, we're cats and dogs as it pertains to that. We're never yeah. going to see it the same way. Like, yeah, I don't. Now that I think of myself as a streamer on game day, I don't really care what time it is. I can make it work. I probably would prefer anything but 11 a.m. myself. But I got a 2.30 game this coming week, which is going to be an absolute bloodletting, which might be all for the better anyway. I don't know. But I know Ole Miss has been hosed um, tough so far. What, no night games yet? Uh, they played Troy was in the day. Central Arkansas was at night. Georgia oh. Tech was day. Tulsa was three o'clock. Yeah. Kentucky was 11. Yeah. Uh, you would have wanted that Kentucky was, game to be nighttime, right? I mean, I, fans do. I mean, no, again, yeah, not you. I meant not me. I'm, I'm, but you've got the, the greatest tailgating situation in America at Ole Miss. Of course you want to have it at nighttime so you can enjoy that whole day of tailgating. I, I, again, what do you this, mean? What again? This is where there's just total separation, fan versus stuff. I've, you know I've, that the Grove is an absolute epicenter for hotties. You know that. You know that, Neil. I've not been to the Grove in a dozen years. So, what was it like a dozen years ago? Was it, they were hotties? They were just twelve years younger. I don't remember. Oh, stop! I bet Laura was there and she was smoking as normal. You know, and I don't mean cigarettes. Laura has not been to the Grove since probably college. Well, and great. Maybe, Maybe maybe only once or twice then. Well, I bet you look great then, too. So who cares? Anyway, I understand all Miss people are getting hosed on this from a fan's perspective. And are they going to get their due this weekend, Neil? 
Uh, three o'clock against Vanderbilt and eleven o'clock against Auburn next oh, week. Oh, that's right. This game is in the House of Horrors in Nashville, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, hey. Commodore walk. Commodore walk <laughs> just before one o'clock. Whoa! Whoa! It's gonna be awesome. They're gonna have like fifteen moms there, a player yeah. moms giving out cookies, and it's gonna be crazy. Taking when the top off. Time, when was the last time you tailgated at a college game? Did you oh. tailgate at the Troy game? No, it was uh, two or three weeks ago. I went up there to tailgate for the Penn State game. Did you really? I did, yeah. We had to make a special trip out of it, and I missed like the first. No, I got right back home when the game started, actually. So we spent probably three hours there, um, just going from tailgate to tailgate, meeting with bunker people that were very, very generous. Wow. We had the time of our lives, dude. We got lit. (laughs) Seriously, we got lit. I went to four tailgates. Had a whole bunch of bunks. Like, it was incredible. I was so stoked. And the weather was a little on the hot side, but it was really nice. You know, I don't get around people that much in my job now. And I didn't realize that these college girls all wore like white boots now. I didn't realize we were back in yeah, Nancy that's Sinatra. A that's a thing. Yeah. It, that took me by surprise a little bit, but had some. Anyway, I had a great time. So it's funny you asked me that because it just happened. How about When's that? When's the last time you did that? 12 years ago? Yeah, I haven't. I went up with Campbell and Caroline to the. But it wasn't really tailgating. They had parties like in apartments. Oh. Like, like it wasn't really tailgating. And I'm glad because it was hot that day. Um, the last time I guess I tailgated was we went up last year for the Coyote senior, I mean, not seen the dad's weekend, and they were playing Mississippi State. And it seems like we went, we went to a tailgate like for a little bit before that game. I remember doing that. that but, and before that, it had to have been at least 10 years. So I missed the Chi Omega dad weekend thing last year. And I uh-huh. didn't think that much of it because I was like, I got to do a show. I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And then Maddie for the, for like six months after that was like, I'm really sorry that you didn't go to that. Cause you should have gone. There were a lot of dads there and you would have been at home. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard you tell your stories about going to the Arkansas ones and you had a great time. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to have to go this year and one way or another. And I, I it's mean, okay I think if you miss a game. It really is. No, I, I don't, I don't feel good about that. So we have to figure something out on that. End. Well, this year know. of all years would be the easiest one for do it because the season's got a chance to be sort of like a lost season, right? I mean, I don't mean <laughs> that. Which has a chance. What are you talking about? We're already there, man. Well, they're not there yet, but I mean, they're closing in on it. This season is 100% guaranteed shit show. Like, no doubt about it. But my point is they almost beat LSU. Had they beaten LSU, it would be the numbers would be a little different. I mean, Damn. I look I think, I think you're right. I'm just saying it's college football. Weird stuff happens. I, I watched Missouri almost beat Georgia last week. Auburn was up 17 nothing at home and lost. It happens every week. They got up 14 nothing on Missouri, and they they lost even though they had more points on that board. This team absolutely sucks. Auburn's terrible. They have no talent. I'm, I'm not telling you a lie here. Who I think is their best wide receiver announced he's going to redshirt yesterday. Oh, really? Who's that? Now, he doesn't play that much. His name is Landon King. He, he is a tight end that they switched to like slot receiver. He's like six foot five. Every time they put him in a game, he makes some incredible like DK Metcalf catch. I'm not saying he's DK Metcalf, but he makes these acrobatic great catches. Mm-hmm. And since he's not playing as much as he should, and I would acknowledge that, he said, I'm going to redshirt. Which is kind of, you know, SMU. I saw a story the other day that SMU has like four or five guys that are going to redshirt that, that aren't happy with their roles right now. And I worry, Neil, this is kind of like the new thing, you know, that a kid mm-hmm. who thinks he's got a future in college football is going to say, all right, I'm out. Yeah, if you uh, if you think that you're going to hit the portal and you've played in fewer than four games, you're in your best interest to preserve that year. If you know you're leaving, that's kind of – you can argue about how shitty that is or isn't for your current team, I suppose. Um, you just mouthed it is. I kind of, I kind of agree with you, but I'm just saying, from just a cold, calculated perspective. I mean, I get it. If you're trying to protect the year and you know you're leaving, okay. I keep waiting for the schools to go. All right, well then your scholarship's expired. <laughs> they wouldn't do that, would they? They go year know. to year. They go to year to year. So, you know, so you, the guy keeps getting a scholarship, but he, I don't know. It's, it's such a strange, it's such a, it's just a new world. I mean, we're still adjusting to it. 
So you think Auburn? Auburn's what? What's the record right now? Three and two. Three and two, one and one. Yes, sir. Somehow. So they got they got at Georgia, at Ole Miss the next two weeks. If uh-huh. they lose both, if they lose both of those games, and they'll be they're twenty eight point dogs this weekend. Is that right? Twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever the number is. Yeah. And let's say they lose that, and then they let's say they lose at Ole Miss. That puts them. Oh, just you know, let's just say, for instance, they lose to the number nine team in the country. If they're three and four, one and three, does Harson finish the season? No, dude. I don't care what number you give me; he's not finishing the season, dude. I'm telling you, because they have an open date after Ole Miss, right? They do, and then they and they got to play Arkansas. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. But, but Arkansas's uh, there, right? He can beat Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas is way better than Auburn, though. Dude, this team gets double-digit leads every game and squanders it, dude. I think it's six in a row now. Six in the, six consecutive SEC games where they had a double-digit lead and pissed it away in the second half. So here's my question, though. If they lose to Georgia and then lose to Ole Miss, do they do it in the open date? That's the natural yeah. time to do it. Yeah, I think that's what they would do, of course. Yeah. Who's the, who's the interim? That's a good question. They have a couple guys that I think would be uh, solid choices for interim. Rock Bell and Tony, uh, one of their defensive coaches, who's just an incredible human being. I love him. Um, he's been an interim twice. And Zacchaeus Etheridge, Zach Etheridge, who you covered. Oh, yeah. Uh, back that. over here at Auburn. He got hurt in the game against Ole Miss, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tailback from Ole Miss, I think his name was Rodney. I forgot what his name was, but he was heralded as a hero for being oh, aware. He, he kind of stayed still. He, he he knew right away that something wasn't right and didn't move and was just very helpful and thoughtful. I just forgot who it was. It's been so long. It was like 2008 or 9. Was it Rodney Scott? Yeah, I think that's exactly who it is. Yeah. Okay. He had another Auburn Ole Miss connection. Um, Zach could be an interesting interim coach as well. So there's a, there's a couple options here. Um, okay, so next week. You know what's coming. Ole Miss is going to be preparing to play Auburn, Auburn preparing to play Ole Miss, and everybody over there at AL.com is going to do the uh, clickbait thing because they have an opportunity to clickbait. And they're going to write about Lane Kiffin and and Auburn. I think they're writing about the wrong Ole Miss connection. I think, based on what I'm hearing, I think Hugh Freeze is in the driver's seat to be the next head coach at Auburn. Yeah, I don't understand the Lane Kiffin thing either, and except from the fact of if you're an Auburn fan and you say, hey, man, let's look around and look at some coaches that are really good, right? Sure. Well, yeah, you see Lane Kiffin, and he's doing great stuff at Ole Miss. But we've talked on the cheap pits two weeks ago that we think, we both think, he's a horrible fit for Auburn. I think he's a terrible fit for Auburn because he needs full autonomy. Lane Kiffin is a weird dude. He's a genius. I think he's the best play caller in, in, alive in any level of football. And he's doing an incredible job at Ole Miss, but he's a guy that needs his own kingdom, and he wants mm-hmm. no one messing with him, which he can pretty much get at Ole Miss, and he ain't never going to get at Auburn. So, no, it doesn't make any sense. But it's going to be written about all week, Jay. Well, I don't they're- give a shit. I mean, they don't know what they're talking about. Plus, what's the bill going to be? What does Lane Kiffin cost you if you want to go get Lane Kiffin? At, at least $9 million a year. Yeah, at least 9 and probably 10 Probably 10 right? I would think so because I mean yeah, I, I think just, I think he's making seven and a half at Ole Miss now. If this season continues somewhere similar to the trajectory it's on now, or let's say they go nine and three, ten and two, he's going to get more. So I mean, Ole Miss is going to get him to at least eight and a half, I guess. I mean, so yeah, it would cost nine, nine and a half, ten million dollars a year before you'd even be in the ballpark. All right, let's say it's ten. Okay, Auburn's. Okay. Paying Harson about six, um, as I recall, and Still he freeze. <laughs> no, they just finished paying Gus. Uh, they just got him off the books, I think, eight or nine months ago. Okay, which was a lot of money, and they're going to owe uh, Harson more or less, fifteen-ish, uh, something like that. Awesome. Uh, half of that payable within a month, the rest of it payable within a year. It's a lot of money, bro. I'm just telling you, it's a lot of money. Just got yeah. finished paying Gus off. My son just turned 16 this just yesterday as a matter of fact and I need I got we got to figure out a way to get on the career path where you become a fired head coach that mm. th- that has to be the path to riches Well yeah it kind of it's, is right It's not being Elon Musk or something it's being it's being a fired football coach It's part of the problem is when you and I were young reporters I feel like we were still dealing with coaches they were all older than us who were in it for the love of the game kind of or for some other reason that wasn't money because you think about 
when Tommy first came over here from Ole Miss in 99, like he was making like half a million dollars, which is a lot of money still. But they ain't no coach coming from Ole Miss to Auburn these days for $500,000. It's, it's going to take $10 million. So now I think you've got a generation of coaches starting with like Cliff Kingsbury and guys that age who are who might be in it for the money. And it changes kind of the way they think and the way they jump jobs and the way you have to lure them. It's changed a whole lot. Anyway, this is not really applicable to Lane Kiffin, but I'm just saying he might so, be a coach that's in it for money to some degree. So what's the feeling at Auburn about Freeze? Yeah, I think it's split. I completely agree with you that he's in the driver's seat, though, and I think it's going to take some uh, unforeseen roadblock. Well, not unforeseen, an unlikely roadblock to keep him out of Auburn. I think the people here are more or less, you know, at Auburn there's always blocks, B-O-L-O-C, Blocks of people that are pushing for the, they want to have their guy be the coach or their AD be the AD. You know, it's been like this since you were here. Uh, I think these blocks, these groups of people are more or less all have gotten together and they've they've had to do that because of NIL. And they've kind of hashed it out that Hugh Freeze is a guy that they may not each one of them be in love with, but they can all live with. And so I think he's going to be the guy. The only way that it doesn't happen is if there are forces within Auburn, let's say some people on the BOT that say Hugh Freeze is a, is a moral problem, you know, and play that whole game, which I really think it's overrated in the sense that there's people on my board calling him a sexual predator and stuff like that. I mean, you got to put a long tail on that kite to get to there, right? Yeah, no. Look, he he did some st- – I was, I was covering Hugh Freeze when all this happened. I was covering the aftermath of it. He did some stupid things. He obviously had some weak moments. Um, he paid for it. Think about that part of it. This, I mean, look, Hugh and I have had our differences. We've had our nice times. We've had our, our pretty heated times. I don't know that he did anything that merits not having a second chance. He's paid his price. He gave up $17 million when he got fired at Ole Miss. I mean, and all the humiliation that he and his family went through, um, all the jokes, all the stuff, got out of coaching for a little while, and then he takes the job at Liberty, and he's, from all accounts, done a phenomenal job there. He's a really good coach. He's a really good program builder. I like Hugh. I, I think he's a good guy. I just think... I think the success at Ole Miss came fast and furious, and he was susceptible to stardom. I really do. I think all of a sudden, every country music star who passed through, every NASCAR star who passed through, anybody like that wanted a piece of Hugh Freeze, and he accommodated him. And he kind of got away from what made him so successful at Ole Miss early in his tenure. and. Not to defend him here, but the NCAA investigation was total bullshit. I mean, it was a total joke. Um, that was a witch hunt. They, If they had cheated the way that they were accused of cheating, they would have won a lot of recruiting battles that they lost. <laughs> I mean, they didn't get Jeffrey Simmons. They didn't. They didn't get Jeffrey Simmons. They didn't get Carl Lawson. They, they, they didn't get um, a lot of those dudes that they were heavily recruiting. They got Laramie Tunsil in large part because they did a great job recruiting him and Georgia screwed up the visit. They got Laquan Treadwell because Oklahoma screwed it up. They got Robert Kimdichi because Houston Nutt left them one parting gift and one only when he left town. Houston Nutt signed Denzel Kimdichi. And Denzel was having a pretty successful career at, at – or was having a pretty successful career at Ole Miss, or liked it in general, was here. And when Hugh Freeze got here that first year, Denzel had a really good 2012, which was the year Robert was a senior. And I was Ole Miss was playing at Georgia. I'm basically saying this for the benefit of the Auburn fans who were listening. Yeah. Because you'll hear, you'll hear all these stories about Ole Miss bought Robert Kimdichie, and Ole Miss did this, and Ole Miss did that. Jay, in November of 20. 12, Ole Miss played at Georgia 
And on Thursday, I drove over. Because on Friday, I went and I was supposed to have coffee with Beverly Kimdichi, okay? Denzel and Robert's mom. She's a diplomat in Kenya, I think. Don't hold me to the country, but somewhere, something like that. And she was in, in Georgia. We sat down and we talked for like three hours. And at the end of that three hours, I walked out of there going, "What? I don't know what I was planning to do this afternoon, but I'm about to write this huge Robert Kimdichie story. Because Robert Kimdichie would have gone anywhere that Denzel was. That's where the family wanted him. Had Denzel Kimdichie been at Auburn, Robert Kimdichie would have gone to Auburn. Had Denzel Kimdichie been at Central Michigan, Robert Kimdichie would have gone to Central Michigan. That's what they were going to do. And so it was pretty obvious. And so that's how Hugh Freeze got Robert Kimdichie. He fell into their lap. But all the people that, that out there in media, media is lazy. You see it every day. It was like, oh, they must be cheating. And yeah, were they cheating? Of course they were cheating. Everybody in the SEC cheats. Were they cheating in some outrageous way? They, they really weren't. They, they really weren't because they didn't have the resources to do it. And you see that today. Ole Miss is not committing five stars all over the place in, the recru- in recruiting. They're, Ole Miss, if they beat Vanderbilt on Saturday, Jay, they will be 17-3 and three in their last 20 games. That's incredible. There, there are four programs in the country that can look down on that. Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Oklahoma State. That's it. Oklahoma State, wow. Oklahoma State. That's that? it. Those are the only four programs over the last 20 games that have a better record than Ole Miss, assuming Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt. And if Ohio State wins, Ohio State has the same record as Ole Miss over the last 20 games. Yet you don't see Ole Miss signing five stars. Why is that? They can't afford them. So all the stuff about freeze and recruiting and stuff is utter crap. He'll recruit at a really high level at Auburn. He'll he'll do he'll do it an exceptional job there. I think he can put together a good staff. I the one thing that I think will be interesting with Hugh Freeze at Auburn if he gets that job is he can be sensitive, he can be really thin-skinned and there's probably a little rebuilding to do there and how does he handle criticism? From fans, how does he handle criticism from media? How does he handle stuff like that? That that's the part where I have my questions, but that's where the it will be imperative that he's got an AD who helps him and he's got people around him who help him and that can kind of keep him off the social media thing because I think that's his that's his um, Achilles heel. Well, it looks like the guy, his boss over here, that Auburn doesn't currently have an AD, but I think it's going to be John Hartwell who helped sign him or helped get him to Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, John was the, what, number two at Ole Miss at that point? Uh, he was way up there. They, there was a time when they just had a house full of ADs. It was, it was John and Alan Green <laughs> and uh, Keith Carter. All of these guys were on Ross Bjork's staff. Uh, Danny White, who's now at Tennessee. Wow, all, that's a who's who right there. Yeah, all those guys were together at, at Ole Miss sort of in an intertwined period when Ross Bjork first took the job, kind of in that range. So, yeah, he, he's uh, – John was with um, – I guess he was with the, Pete Boone or whoever was the AD before Ross. I guess that was Boone. Pete Boone, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah, and so he uh, he was with Ross, and then he left to go left to – to go to yeah, Troy. Troy, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. And they loved him down there too, so – Anyway, yeah, you got exactly. that you got that mix between you know the, like you said before, Hugh makes a lot of sense at Auburn, plus you've got a guy who's going to be the AD at Auburn in all likelihood who helped hire Hugh to Ole Miss and who knows Hugh. So that just makes sense. That's yeah, how it's it, gonna all break down. And and John's really good. I think John will will help him with that part of it. And the rest of it, I think Hugh will do exceptionally well. I mean, it'll make an interesting storyline for sure. I was, yeah, hoping, I was hoping to get the Mississippi State jobs. We could really dive into that storyline. <laughs> Auburn is a nice consolation prize. That's yeah, I mean, Auburn and Ole Miss go at it every year, so that's good. But I like, but I like you. I think uh, I think he'll do a good job there, and, and he makes an absolute boatload of sense as long as he can just sort of – but the whole thing about, like, sexual predator and stuff, that's insane. That's, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ludicrous. He's only making four million, I think, at Liberty, and so Auburn can probably make him, you know, first year, like six million – Seven million, maybe mm-hmm. you know, and it's save, affordable save for a little them. bit of money, yeah. Because I think this Harson thing's gonna be ugly. They're gonna owe money, and I, I have a reason to believe he's gonna go scorched earth. I mean, like he just has that, he just has that DNA, man. He's a cowboy, and he does not give a shit. So I think if he's given an opportunity to go out with a bang, I think he's gonna do it. Um, 
But he wants he to coach again. And if you if you if you light the if you light the bridge on fire on your way out, it's difficult to get another gig. I think he's yeah. I think he's got an itchy trigger finger anyway. Uh, I would like to see him transition to the Colorado job, honestly. Um it could be a good fit for oh, him there. But makes sense. I, I don't know if Colorado wants him or not. We'll have to kind of see. Uh, did one thing I want to dispel. I saw this on Twitter the other day. Quinshawn Judkins, uh, the outstanding freshman tailback at Ole Miss, uh, has been a, a topic of conversation, obviously, in the Ole Miss circles this year because of how awesome he is. He is from my town, not just Montgomery, but he's from Pike Road, which is like my side of town. Okay. Uh, I, I'm very familiar with Quinshawn, and Ole Miss got an incredible steal there. Everybody over there knows that now. But I saw a tweet that pissed me off last night from another Ole Miss writer, not you and not Chance the Yapper. It was, was like, it? it was a guy, uh, Brad, Brad Logan. Okay. And he posts and says. He's not really a writer. I know. And whatever. He's in the old Miss sphere. And he's like, this is, this is what Lane Kiffin gets for waiting and watching in the rain. Nobody in Alabama wanted Quinshawn. And now look at him. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Uh, Auburn did not prioritize Quinshawn Judkins as they should have. Okay. Ole Miss came in and prioritized him, got him committed late in the summer, and he never wavered, okay? Quinshawn's the kind of kid that's like, if that guy right there loves me and I love him, I'm done. And that's exactly what happened. But to say that no one in Alabama understood who Quinshawn Judkins was is absolute bullshit. They liked him and they thought he was going to be good. They just thought they were going to get Trevante Citizen, who is a legitimate superstar stud when he gets going, and they put Quinshawn on the back burner. It happens sometimes. I don't think it's a sign of disrespect. I think it's just the way that things went down. And conversely, Auburn's got a great tailback over here named Jarquez Hunter from Philadelphia, Mississippi. And I can say the same thing. Well, Ole Miss, Mississippi State didn't give a shit about him. Well, that's because there's really good players at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, too. I fucking hate fan journalism. I do. I hate it so fucking bad. Uh. I mean, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't say it out loud. I guess I just did. I just hate it. I don't. What? What, what is the purpose of that tweet? Um, it's like the, it has the child. It has the intellectual value of like a four-year-old. Number, number one, how do you know? How does Brad Logan know how Auburn did or did not recruit another kid? That would be like me trying to tell you how I heard Auburn recruited a certain. Give me a effing break. Yeah, I know. And what it's happens is, so let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what really bugs me. What's bugging me right now, I'm going to get it off my chest right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
I'm in the press box last week, Ole Miss and Kentucky. And I'm on the front row, and there's a couple people behind me. I'm not going to name names because I know what's coming, though, okay? <laughs> it's coming. Because the last time that Auburn played at Ole Miss, and Auburn beat Ryder, it was the day, I'll tell you the day it was, it was the day of game four of the 2000, the last time that I remember an Auburn-Ole Miss game. It was, um, oh no, it's coming. I'm going to let you in on this because it's I, coming. I can tell, I can tell. <laughs> Stuff like this pisses me off. So I'm going to get it off and we'll have my little venting session brought to you by our friends at Pinnacle. Cathead. Cathead too. Auburn was uh, playing Ole Miss 2016. And it was the night of game four of the World Series. I think, Jay, you'll vouch for me here. I love the Chicago Cubs a little bit more than probably I should. Right. I had just been to game three of the World Series the night before, had gotten up and driven back from Chicago to Oxford, dropped my son off at home, and driven to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. I think it was a 5 o'clock game. It was a weird time, but that's what it was. And the Cubs got whacked in game four. John Lackey started. Indians got him. I know the Guardians now. They were the Indians then. Don't want to offend anybody. And um, Cubs were losing, and I was pissed off. And uh, a certain Auburn writer who's no longer an Auburn writer talked about fanboys, Ole Miss fanboys. I was – watching the Cubs on my computer. If you'd stopped time and said, what's happening in the Ole Miss-Auburn game, I would have said, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, Ole Miss playing Kentucky the other day, and the cheering above me is vocal. And so I know what's coming is somebody, rightfully so, will hear that cheering in a week when Auburn's playing, or after that when Alabama's playing, and they'll say, hey, all these Ole Miss fan sites – Dot, dot, dot. And I get lumped into all that crap. And I hate that because I take a lot of pride in not being that guy. You know what I mean? Well, this, the point of that story to me is that the Auburn rider was a dipshit and not understanding what you were getting upset about. He should have taken a little bit more time to figure that out. But he just happens to be a person. I think I know who it was. It just flies off the hook without paying super close attention to what he's talking about anyway. So, Yeah, I confronted him about it. Yeah, I'm sure that went well. He's it very... It sedate not, and calm, just like you. It did not go well. Did he call you a name? Oh, yeah. We should have just gone out in the hallway and settled that shit. Dude, I've seen you do this before, though. <laughs> I've seen you get in a fight in that press box before. Not an actual fist fight, but I've seen you fuss with people. Then you get into it with the OA News one time and call it the the Auburn Opelika News or something funny like that. I don't know. A long time ago. That seems I, I like it. I don't remember that. One thing I always have to consciously remember, I have not been to the Ole Miss, uh, I haven't been to a game at Ole Miss in a while because I do these streams now during games, but one of the toughest things about that place is that if you go, let's say, for instance, not speaking from personal experience, you go to Tupelo and get super fucked up drinking bourbon uh, all night long, and yeah. you wake up in the morning with a hangover and you're really hot, the Ole Miss press box for an early game is not a good place to be because the sun comes right into the fucking window. Yeah. I feel like I was in a microwave and I I thought I was gonna have a stroke. I really did. If you're hungover, don't go to cover games at Ole Miss or Vanderbilt. Same thing. Vanderbilt's got the sun that comes in really low there too. Oh, it so does. Yeah. Yeah, it'll get you. So don't go drinking that before that night, uh, Neil. Yeah, it's uh and Arkansas will get you too. That sun will bounce off that scoreboard and right into the right into oh, the press box right. and it'll it'll if if you don't feel good, it will light you up. I really like, for whatever reason, my experiences at Arkansas have been so good. Like, I love that stadium. I love the walk from your, your car up to it. Like, you're going up the hill. You go up the hill, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's a pretty place to be. That stadium, I remember when we first went there in the 90s, it was a piece of shit. And now it's really nice. Like, they've done a really smart, thoughtful job. Think about all the work they've done on, on that stadium. And then you look at a place like Auburn and all they've done is put a big fucking TV in one of the end zones and put a Lego press box in there. Like, that's it. And I'm Arkansas so is putting decks on there. I'm so disappointed what Auburn did with the press box. It was <laughs> such a great press box. I, it doesn't even matter. Do they? they did it to make more money and I, whatever. But that, I mean, the, I the travesty is that you can't fucking see from the 50 yard line to the other side. And so Auburn's radio guy, Andy Burcham, who's an absolute stud, he's a saint, and he's a great broadcaster, can't see. Nobody can. 
And so when they when they said, we don't really give a shit about writers, we're going to put him in the corner, whatever. They also put their radio guy in the corner, and now he's in trouble. Crazy. I'm telling you, Auburn's broadcasts are messed up because Andy never knows where the hell they are. He knows <laughs> he knows where they are. I mean, he's, he's, he's lucid. <laughs> off the TV, right? But he's got to have a spotter in his ear all the time, and I'm sure it drives him crazy. Oh, my uh, God. So I want something I want to go back to. Do we have time? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got time. We got time. Well, I want to go to Cathead, but I still have something I want to talk about. You asked me earlier, you know, this could be a tough season for Auburn. It's, dude, what do you mean it could be? You said that earlier. Dude, this is a shit show, man. This thing is on fire. It, it's out of control. You say three and two, one and one, and all I'm seeing is like four wins, dude. Who are they going to beat? I just, I've seen Auburn Jesus operate before. They don't have enough sack to beat anybody. <laughs> they can't finish a game. I'm not out here trying to be that mean guy, but I'm trying to be real about it. I'm, so, but I, I am too. This league's weird right now, though. Who's, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because A&M is the one that's really weird me out. And I love it. I, mean, I love seeing great, them suck. Who's great in the league right now? Well, Alabama's really good. Georgia's really good. And yeah, Ole Miss, I think, is really damn good. Is Georgia really good? Yeah, they're, they're good, dude. Okay. Does Ole Miss play them? No. Uh, I guess it'll be in a SEC championship game. Well, the Kentucky game was a big challenge, dude, and uh, they handled that pretty well. I agree. I thought, and I think Kentucky's really good. Yeah, I do too. I do. I think Kentucky's really good. They got put Um, in fourth place. And I think Tennessee's got a chance to be really good. I want to see them against LSU this weekend, but like LSU's okay. They're fine. Like Arkansas is is fine. They're they're awful on defense, and now Jefferson might be hurt and. I think A&M sucks. Listen, I, I think A&M sucks. A&M should have lost to Arkansas. Arkansas kind of beat themselves that day a little bit, you know, and we got cheated. <laughs> we got cheated out of the meltdown of meltdowns because if if just somehow Arkansas, I don't know whether it's the bad snap or the kick or the fumble, change one thing and they win that game. Man, can you imagine the meltdown we'd have right now? So at that point – Bad enough, but it's it's it would be just epic. And A&M listen, would be three and three going to Alabama now, right? Or playing Alabama? Yeah, going to Alabama, and they still got to play, still got to play uh, Ole Miss. They still got to play uh, Florida. Yeah, they got. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot wait for that. It could get bad. I love it. Can shame. they fire him? Well, I'll tell you this. I don't think so because the money is so insane. But I'm watching a couple of different kind of people who are around that program and to see if they turn on him. And a couple of them have started the pivot. (laughs) You talking about fan journalists or? Yeah. Okay. One in particular that I'm really watching. Okay. Because there's people on the beat that you can kind of keep an eye on, can't you? Yeah. Certain ones. If he plants that foot to pivot to go the other direction, you know the pivot because he was going so fast in the other direction when suddenly <laughs> hit the brake. Man, I'm going to tell you, you'll see that brake get hit. And I, what you see right now is just a little tapping of the brake, but I could see a slam on here soon. <laughs> a slam on. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I mean, when you're, you know, you're driving down the road and the car in front of you slows down. And at first, you kind of tap your brake a little, like, hey, I got to slow down. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh shit, they stopped. And you're having to kind of slam your brake. And we're, we're closing in on that. That would be kind of ironic because it means the first person to get cucked was uh, <laughs> Jimbo. And then Texas AM would get cucked by Jimbo because they couldn't fire him, even though he sucks. I mean, I think, of, I think the buyout's like, no joke, $80 million. Oh, well, then he's going to definitely stay. He can't do that. He can't pay a guy $80 million. Come on, man. I mean, here's Auburn's going to pay some dude 15 and I feel like that's a lot. He better have every I dotted, every T crossed. That cat better be so careful right now. Well, Jimbo Fisher's a terrible value at the price that they're paying him. But, but you know it's not a terrible value? Cathead Distillery products. That's true. Specifically, they're Cathead Sparkling. I'm telling you guys, as someone who hangs out in the pool a lot, um, those things work great by the pool. You can also drink them at home. I mean, you can drink them anywhere you are or anywhere you want, as long as you're of age. Cathead Sparkling is a sparkling vodka cocktail in a colorful aluminum vessel, 5% ABV, 100 calories, and is always gluten-free, sugar-free, and vegan. Cathead Sparkling comes in eight packs with four different flavors. In one of the packs, you can find the limeade, strawberry lemonade, the mandarin, and the cranberry 
And the new ones, you got mango, raspberry, cucumber, and the pineapple. You can find those in grocery stores, convenience stores, and liquor outlets near you over here in the state of Alabama. We find those in the ABC. Cathead is also, of course, making waves in the vodka space with their Cathead Bitter Orange Bottles, which provide a perfect complement to their ubiquitous Cathead Honeysuckle. You also may find in your liquor store their Blue Cat, their straight vodka, also their pecan, which is in a green Cathead label bottle. They're all delicious, and they all have a role in making a great and delicious cocktail, as Gabe and Neil taught me many years ago. Cathead's bourbons are excellent as well. You all know about the 90, 90 Proof Old Soul, which has been around for a while, but their single barrel Old Soul at 109 Proof is a terrific standalone pour. As I mentioned on the show two weeks ago, I was so stoked to find some over my ABC. Uh, it was an ABC uh, State of Alabama pick. Muy delicio, so it was gone <clears throat> quicker than I would like to acknowledge. Uh, you may also be able to find the 10 type series, which is a seven year, 119 proof bourbon in certain States, not mine, but maybe yours. And also if you ever have a chance to see that 13 year old or 15 year old soul, it's in a gray, has a gray sticker on it. Uh, you need to get that immediately. <laughs> and it's not even that expensive. I think it retails at like 115, 120. It is so delicious. It's not even worth talking about. Although I just did just get it. You'll be happy with it. Look, you need cathead in your life. Seek out their cathead sparkling or their vodkas or their bourbons or their hoodoo chicken liqueur or their Bristow gin. Any of their fine spirits next time you're out. If your favorite bar or restaurant doesn't carry cathead, make a request. Ask them to carry cathead. Life is better with cathead in it. So do what you got to do and get that cathead. Absolutely. Get that cathead. Also, um, if you're looking to financial assistance the market's up and down all over the place the economy's kind of crazy maybe your business needs to take a look at your 401k plan make sure that you're getting maximum value on that get in touch with our friends at pinnacle it's mypinwealth.com they're based in madison mississippi but they've got clients in more than 20 states they've got advisors in multiple states as well it's uh, mypinwealth.com we're also brought to you by john edwards of regency travel incorporated in memphis so here's how John works. Earlier this week, I sent John an uh, email. Actually, I called him, and I was like, hey, um, I've got this show with Tyler Siski, which you all should be listening to. It's called McCready and Siski. It's powered by rain, total body fuel. Anyway, uh, I said, hey, we got this competition where the loser has to go to Boise, Idaho, to the famous potato bowl or whatever it's called. Yeah. Why? You didn't know that? Because it's the punishment. Okay. And so I said, you know, we're kind of thinking about making it a, a, a deal where we can market the show a little bit and winner can make fun of the loser and all that stuff. And we might go through, uh, might do something in, in Vegas on the way through to Boise. I said, so let's just play with this idea and uh, give me a, can you price it for me? And he's like, yeah, give me some, give me some parameters. And so I did, I gave him some dates, gave him some some ideas and uh sure enough about i don't know day and a half later i get a comprehensive email from from john with all sorts of details about how we could go here's the trip here's some choices where you could stay these is your price range he'll do that for you too just give him some parameters give him a budget and then sit back and let him kind of do his magic he's worked for uh jay and courtney before he can help you as well it's jay edwards at regencytravel.net. All right, I got a few other things that are a little more more like quick hitting things I just want to get off my chest. First of all, I uh, should have mentioned this at the top of the show. We did not do a show last week because of me. Uh, I had a kind of a, I guess you call it a family emergency uh, last Wednesday when we taped the show. My dad uh, had gone missing. Um, he lives uh, up in Maine, a long way from me and my mom. Um, and he was last seen with people that were unknown uh, to, he lives in a small town up there. And so everybody knows each other still. And he was seen with people that he didn't, nobody knew who they were. And they were at his house and he was at a bank with this person and that person. And he was doing things that were very strange. And we were all very, very concerned about what was going on. And nobody could get a hold of him. And I was contacted by the sheriff up there and it was just kind of going on and on and on. They put out like a, essentially an APB or more, more like a be on the lookout Bolo uh, for him and, you know, had his make and model and his, his uh, license plate and all that kind of stuff. And he was spotted up near the Canadian border 
<laughs> just the wrong side of the state from where he should have been. Um, but this was like a caper that went on for like, I don't know, a while. And so I just wasn't in the right headspace to do a show. And Neil, Neil was, and, but you were really cool about it. But I just, I was, was, worried, so, about, I was worried about your dad. I was too, man. I mean, again, you got, you get called by the sheriff and I just thought the worst when he's like, yeah, I'm with the whatever County Sheriff's office. And I go, geez, no, you know, and he was like, you know, your dad, this and your dad, that at least it didn't start with, I'm sorry to say, you know, but uh, sure. Which is where I honestly thought it was going. But anyway, he's, he's okay. He's okay. I, I need to go up there, but it's just the wrong time of year. I mean, like, I, I know it sounds bad, but I mean, it's football season and Auburn's like on fire. And I mean, he's, he doesn't need me like this hour or this day, but I, I do feel like I'd like to sit down with him. I haven't interacted with the guy face to face in like six or seven years. It seems like, so I don't know, but I'm glad he's okay. But we did have like a missing persons thing out for him and people looking for him in law enforcement. And unfortunately they were able to locate him. So that's Jake, what we were doing last I'm week. Not, I'm not part of Auburn nation or the Auburn family or whatever, but I, I feel quite confident in saying that I think most of your people would understand if you felt like you needed to go up to Maine for a couple of days. Well, I mean, if he was like on death's doorstep or something, yeah, I would go, but it's in that middle area where I'd like to go and I probably should go, but I don't have to go. And he's got a support system up there of people that I know, people I have known since the eighties, like friends of the family. So he's not like he's just alone chilling. Okay. Um, it was just a weird situation. I don't want to go into too many details about why he was where he was. It kind of makes more sense to me now that I have all the details now that he was located. But anyway, guys, I don't want, I don't want to be too nebulous and weird about it. Anyway, he's fine. Thank you for those of you who are praying for him. Cause man, I, he, we needed it. And uh, so that one turned out good. Uh, another random thing that I was just thinking about the other day was like Tyler um, Summit, who is the younger, yeah. well, yeah. the only son, I guess, of Pat Summit. Pat Summit's one of my all time heroes. Like they tell you, don't meet your heroes. And then I met Pat Summit, and she was every bit as cool as I thought she would be. And some, like here she was, you know, the greatest women's basketball coach ever, one of the greatest basketball coaches ever. Sure. When she would come to Auburn, I mean, I would interview her just for the, reason of hey it's pat summit you know and she was the kind of person that would just like come out in the hallway and talk to you as long as you wanted to and any question you wanted to know she would answer and she's just a badass chick man i mean one of my all-time favorite people anyway uh, i just started thinking about her, her son remember he was kind of an up-and-coming coach neil at one time and louisiana he the, tech he got the job coaching the lady texters at louisiana tech and then things kind of went awry there where he had an inappropriate relationship with they said at the time a member of the staff it ended up being the point guard now, to be fair, he was very young to be having that job. I think he was 26. And so he's 26. She's 21. I'm not saying it's appropriate. It's not. But, I mean, age-wise, right. it's not crazy. Anyway, so I didn't know anything about it after that. I just knew, uh-oh, that dude's in trouble and he won't coach again, which he hasn't. But the story goes on to where he got divorced from his super hot wife. Of course, there's always one, right? And then he married the point guard. And they've gone up to Ohio and moved on about their life. They have kids. And they're happy moving on. And Tyler makes money from the Pat Summit Foundation, which he works with. And also primarily her pension from the state of Tennessee was willed to him. And in the story, he gave a dollar figure to how much he gets, which I think was crazy. I would have been like, don't put that in there. It's like $160,000 a year. I'm surprised that the pension still goes after she passed. Right? I did not think that that would happen. I mean, what are they going to do forever? Like just Tennessee is going to pay out her great grandchildren someday or something? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's what happened to Tyler Summit. Anyway, if anybody out there is wondering, which I doubt there was, and I'm telling you, his first wife, like the chick he was with in college and all that, so hot, Neil. Good golly, I was trying to share a picture of her earlier with Neil. Couldn't get it to work. But she is hot as the the women from the concert that you went to the other day. And well, and- this gal's a little younger. I mean, you know how I am. I I'm 50. I prefer 50 year old chicks, and this girl ain't. But I'm just saying, because Tyler uh, Summit, he's not a super good looking dude. Like. He's kind of goofy looking. So, I mean, the fact that he's pulling in eights and nines, like he's doing yeah. a hell of a job. How about that? And I get it. His mom's famous and he's got a pension that's going to be kicking out 150K for the rest of his life. So, I mean, you know, that's a good, that's I'm, a good foundation. I'm, I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. Nah, I know. They're just, he's just <laughs> a good dude, right? <laughs> anyway, that's what happened. Uh, something Bill, Bill, else. Bill Gates is just a nice guy. You know, he just, he's. Well, Melinda's, I don't know what to say about Melinda. Like I, I would do Melinda. Like without any money being involved. I mean, I, I don't feel like that's a stretch. She's not. She's not bad. <laughs> like he's goofy looking. He's probably what a three out of ten, maybe. 
Yeah, probably. And Maybe. she's probably like a six. So I mean, that's that's in your range. That's a playable range. <laughs> I mean, for you, I, I'm just talking. You know, I'm I'm coming to you as straight as I can go here. Like you're probably a five, and Laura's like an eight, eight and a half. Yeah, I don't that's even in your know. playable range. You know, I don't know that I'm a five. I I I, th- I think bald guys. I think bald guys. Your ceiling is like. Not, uh, but when you were balling up and you were trying to pull Laura in, which you successfully did, you had hair. So, you yeah, know, whatever. True. That's true. I, I still yeah. think you're pretty handsome. I mean, five's pretty good, right? It's very kind of you, Jay. What, what, well, what, what grade would you give yourself? Three. I'm a cross-eyed fat guy, and my wife is, <laughs> I mean, she's hot, but she's sassy and runs her mouth a lot. So, for me, that's a plus. For a lot of guys, it'll be a minus. So, you got to factor that in, too. I don't yeah. know. Your grading system is interesting. We should do an entire show on your grading system sometime. Because you've seen the guy do the hot, crazy axis. Yes. The, the Jay Tate grading axis would be pretty interesting as well. You <laughs> might need a little time to kind of put that together. But it would, it would, uh, it would be interesting. There's a new one that's kind of like, it's a, he lays it out kind of like that matrix. And it's called yeah. the fuck around and the find out. <laughs> the more you fuck around, the more you find out. <laughs> I, I shed a tear on that the other day. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely incredible oh, that was so good uh me and neil were riffing before the show about just some shit that we talk about and uh i i mentioned something about basketball practice yesterday and you really perked up and so i'm gonna bring this up and see where you wanted to go yeah. with it okay uh, i am not allowed to talk about the things that happen in auburn basketball practice anymore uh so i'm gonna be very vague here i don't feel like i'm I think that's Bruce saying, hey, I don't really want you talking about lineups. If someone turns an ankle, I don't want you reporting on that. I I, I don't think what you're about to say would apply, really. I I hope not. I think he'd be cool with this. So they were practicing yesterday, and they were were going out pretty good. Uh, It was what I would consider to be like a pretty full-speed scrimmage site situation that they do in basketball practice. You know, it's like a – it's more than a situational scrimmage, but it ain't just like 20 minutes, here we go. So anyway – they were going at it. And Auburn's got some dudes on their team, just like Ole Miss or any team, that, that like to bitch about fouls. They they get very upset that they're always talking, oh, you fouled me, you fouled me. And several times during the practice, Bruce went off and said, stop bitching about that. They're not calling it this year. Now, I don't know if that was a ploy by Bruce to just try to get those guys to toughen up a little bit and play through contact, but – from my perspective as someone who's watched a lot of Auburn practices through the years with BP, he was trying to say someone's told him or multiple someone's have told him we're going to call this game less rigidly. We're not going to, we're trying to avoid these games, Neil McCready, where there's 50 fouls and it takes two and a half hours. Look, so that may represent a big change here, Neil. Yeah. I think Bruce is an elite coach. And so it's difficult for me to imagine that even in a practice setting in October, where there's still a good bit of time before the first game, it's difficult for me to imagine a setting where he would tell his team, "Hey, look, this is how they're gonna we're, they're gonna call it this year. Let's let's you you got to get tougher. You got to be physical." When in reality, if he's thinking, "Hey, they're gonna nitpick the hell out of games the way they have in the past," and so we've got to we've got to teach guys to move their feet, don't reach, don't use what right. So if look, I like college basketball. I cover it. I don't know that I like it as much as you do, but I like it a lot. I like the NBA game probably better, but I like the college game. My my knock on it the last few years, and I think you would agree with this, is that it has gotten so bogged down with officiating and with free throws, and the game has no flow, and you it's hard to kind of get into it. It doesn't have these runs, and the crowd doesn't get into it because it's hard to cheer free throws. And if you told me that they've heard enough of that criticism and they said, okay, well, there's only one way to fix it, and that's to kind of let them play – I'd buy it. And if that's the case, and if that's what Bruce was telling his team, my reaction to that is hallelujah. I mean, I hope that's the direction they're going because you're right. There are games for Auburn. It's like one, one of every three, maybe where there's just too many damn fouls. And I mean, we could sit here and see, yeah, what's a foul. What's the letter of the law, your hand checking the guy, whatever. But, you know, and well, you don't I, want to go to an Auburn game last year, for example, and see Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler sitting on the bench with three fouls in the first half. You just don't, or two fouls, and they go sit for the rest of the half. You come to the games. Like, ask me how I know. My son wanted to go see Auburn last year. Why? He wanted to see Jabari Smith. He wanted to watch Jabari Smith play. He doesn't want to watch Jabari Smith pick up two tic tac fouls with eleven minutes to go in the first half and then sit until half until after the half's over. And there's a lot of that in college basketball, Jay. Yeah, there is fun. 
Well, I did get the feeling like he was trying. I mean, he he did say that. Like, they're not going to call it. And he was saying it uh, with a certain passion, a certain level of passion that made me think, you'd better listen to what I'm saying right now. So, Well, and I'm sure he's had those conversations, as have a lot of coaches. If So if he's hearing that, that's interesting. I'll have to uh, – next time we have a media opportunity with, with Kermit, I'll have to follow up with that. Yeah, see, so you know – That's really interesting. Have you heard about any, you know – uh, areas of accentuation this year. I'm sure they've they told them something, you know. Yeah, I'm sure they've had those conversations. The league's had them, and the league's passed them along, and things like that. So, again, I mean, it makes no sense for Bruce to be telling his team that if that's not something he's been told. Uh, another thing that's just random has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, but Josh Pate, my friend Josh Pate, who runs a, uh, a channel, uh, The Late Kick with Josh Pate. I don't know if you guys – I'm sure there's people who listen to the show who are familiar with him or watch his show – really truly one of the good guys in this space um i don't know if you want to call it like sports or entertainment or streaming or whatever but he's he's been doing it about as long as i have except he's done it a lot better uh he's much better than i am but anyway he just re-upped with a 24 7 uh, i don't know the terms of that deal but i think it's awesome that he's going to stay with the folks that got him started uh going on the late kick so uh, shout out to him uh just i love knowing people and watching people in this business who do it the right way uh, who help other people uh, and who just do it with a smile on their face. And, and Josh Pate is, is that guy. So cheers to him. And yes, I am a subscriber to his shit. No doubt about it. Uh, Neil and I were also talking. You don't really know him, right, Neil? I don't really know him. I, I know I'm familiar with his work, but I don't think he and I've ever met. Yeah, he was he was in Columbus, GA uh, years ago. After you left, I think, because he's not yeah. that old, really. But yeah. anyway, that's, that's where I first got to know him. Um, cars. Yeah. I've got a car problem. You've got a car problem. There are very different kinds of problems, but I was shocked before this show to find out what the price of used cars are. I thought we were past that nexus. I thought that we mm. were getting back to where the prices are more normal. I don't believe that's correct, Jay. I wish it were, but I don't so believe that's correct. Neil's son, Carson, is right there. He's right about the age where he needs a car, right? He turned 16 on Tuesday, and so we're trying to get him a vehicle. Um, you know, and he's a boy and so we don't want to spend a ton. And yet at the same time, you want to get him something that's safe, right? And, and you want to get him something that's reliable. And so these vehicles that like have 150,000 miles on them are still 17, 18, 19,000. And then if you want to get anything any better than that, you suddenly you're spending 30 and I don't want to spend 30 on a 16 year old boy driving a car. Cause you know, he's going to park it at soccer practice and at his school and at the gym and it's going to get dinged and it's going to, you know what I mean? I mean, you don't, mm -hmm. what are you doing? And then the insurance is expensive too. So it's insane. I mean, it's like, and I've got my good friend, Corey Clark, who's advertised on this show uh, before at Clark Ford, 662-257-1900 is that number. Corey's working on it for me. It's just hard. It's hard to find vehicles. And then supposedly the hurricane in Florida made it even worse because a lot of cars that got obviously got ruined. Yeah, there'd be a lot of market down there for cars at this point, wouldn't there? Yeah, I would think so. So, man, if you got Corey Clark in your corner, though, that's oh, a good if guy you got to have. Corey Clark in your corner, you are uh, you're good. That's like having Rocky Balboa in your corner. You know, you're good. I'm sitting here watching this uh, Cubs Reds game. It's the final game of the regular season. It's also the final game of Tom Hallion's umpiring career. Do you, you you would recognize Tom Hallion if you saw him because you watch a lot of baseball. He's been umpiring for like 40. Yeah, you. He's been umpiring for like 40 years or something. This I have not watched a full game. baseball game. I can't even tell you the last time I watched a full baseball game. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I've I've seen Tom Hallion since he was a lot younger than this. I mean, it makes me feel really old that this is his last game. Everybody's like going up to him, giving him hugs between innings and stuff. I guess he was a good one then. I think he was a really good one. I don't think you can stay a well, they're they're you get locked in, but he's he's been really good. Well, good for him. The last game of the regular season, the Cubs just kind of ho hum this year, right? Yeah, they're 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 going to finish third in the National League Central, a distant distant third. They're going to win like I think seventy three games is going to be the number, something like that. Mm. Seventy three eighty nine or something like that. Yeah, maybe it they'll spend sometimes. some money in the offseason. I'm hoping. Uh, one thing I I meant to go off of while uh, you were talking about the car for Carson. I got the opposite problem. My mom's. I think I mentioned this on the show a couple months ago. My mom, who has not driven a car in a month. And I, that's a whole nother conversation, but she keeps telling me she wants a new car, like new to her. And she's like, just get me something, man. Just get me a cool car. Give me one that's fast and give me one that I'm going to like. 
Didn't we have this conversation? Because we were like, you should go go buy a, t- a Tesla. I know we have had this conversation, and I'm trying to just squelch it because it's stupid. Like, what? what I don't know what. The, I, I feel like I'm in a weird spot. I'm in Sophie's choice. Like, she's got money for me to spend. You know, she doesn't care how much it costs. But the and she's told me like, well, just get something that you like, so that when I can't drive anymore, you can just take it. Which sounds good in theory, but it makes me feel like I'm. I'm like using her or something like, would she like to buy a car for a 16 year old boy? I'm just, (laughs) she has experience buying cars for 16 year olds. Yeah. She helped me pick out the one that I got for Maddie when she was 16, but I don't know what to do, man. And I keep trying to put it off because I just don't know what to do. And then she brought it up again today. It's like, you going to get something, man. I'm like, she's about to start calling me names for like being a wuss about it. You're going to do. I just, I don't dude. I'm just going to keep putting it off and hope she keeps forgetting. I don't know. I just fucking weird, man. Yeah, hell yeah. I can go out and get a, a nice Tesla. And here's my mom who can't drive. She's 78 years old and she's got a Tesla? Like what? It doesn't make any sense. I feel like I wasted money. You could drive it. I no, I definitely could and I would love to, but I don't know. I feel like I'm taking advantage of her, even though she's asked me to repeatedly. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. I did mop her floors today. What about you know give that- her what about you give her what you're driving and you go get something? Well, she's brought that up too, but I still feel like that's kind of bullshit. Like she's going to get a Hyundai Sonata out of it. Like what? Well, she just wants a vehicle to drive. She's not trying to like go win the Monaco Grand Prix. Or <laughs> but she, right. But she I mean, is dude. I said, what's the most important thing? And she goes, making sure it has a big engine. Don't be a pussy about it. And I was like, what? <laughs> Mom, why are you talking like that? Well, your vehicle would work, right? I mean, my car's not fast. No, it's really nice. It's, it's a 2021 Hyundai Sonata Limited. I mean, it's a sweet ass car. It works great for me, but no, it's not particularly fast. You really don't want your 78 year old mom flying down the roads of, of Montgomery, Alabama. So she said be. the number one thing she wants is acceleration. What if you told her that was it? That 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 that's mom. This is this is what's this is this <laughs> thing is this thing's moving. It's moving faster than you realize. Look, what? what you no, know, this thing has a 5.5 zero to 60. Mom, what do you mean? <laughs> no, I, th- I think your I think your balance is messed up. It seems pretty fast to me. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's what I, I think that's your answer. Let her drive what you're driving, and then get something else. Uh, maybe we will do that. I don't know. Oh, God, I hope. Th- I'll tell you what. How about the folks at Rebel Grove under the when you post this on the Rebel Grove, right. people on there give me their 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 ideas. Jay's got this. Jay's got a quandary. He needs answers. I need an answer on that. I don't know what to do, man. And well, I feel like y'all's me, folks talk real straight with me. So she's telling you that. Uh, she just wants a vehicle and that she, she even acknowledged that she would take yours. What would I do with her shitty car? You want me to give it to you? What does she have? We might, we might be solving issues right now. Well, she's got a 2005 Acura RL. It's got about a hundred thousand miles on it. But if you think it's, if you're going to drive it for a year or two, well, it's perfect. If you think it's a long-term solution, it's not perfect, but there's nothing technically wrong with it. I mean, I drive it to keep it going, you know? Why don't you take it and trade it in and get? Because it's on a trade, they're gonna give me like whatever, so what? man, twenty five hundred so bucks. Or something. Give me some twenty five hundred bucks off what you're gonna get. I'd rather gouge you for like fifty k, bro. It's her I'm money. It's her money. I said you. I'm gonna jab you and Laura for it. Oh well. I mean, I'm just kidding. Whatever. No, I know. I drove a crappy car at sixteen, dude. I think I. Well, that's what I'm trying to. I, I'm just trying. I don't want to spend. 50 gazillion dollars on a car for a 16 year old boy. I mean, when, when Campbell turned 16, we got a used Nissan rogue and she drove it until she was a senior in high school. And then she gave it, she Caroline used it for her two years. So I'm just trying to get him something to get him through high school. And then I'll get him something nicer when he goes to college. That's a perfect plan. It really is. All right, Neil McCready. I should have just kept the damn rogue and he could have driven it, but they needed some way to get to Arkansas. They're not just going to take the subway. Yeah, there's no subway from here to Arkansas. That should be. Should be. It'd be cool. All right. Well, uh, we didn't even get to games. It's fine. Who cares? Everybody else is picking games. We don't need to. Auburn, Georgia. I know who's going to win that one. (laughs) He likes Georgia over Auburn. We know that. Um, All right. We'll be back uh, next week. We'll talk about whatever it is we talk about. We'll be getting closer to uh, the game between the two teams we cover. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit next week. Auburn at Ole Miss. An 11 a.m. game. I'm the only person on earth that's glad that's the time. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll finish there. Thanks to uh, the people at CatEd for sponsoring us. Thanks to uh, our friends at Pinnacle, to John Edwards at Regency Travel Incorporated. Thanks to all of you for making us a party week. We'll talk to you next week. For Jay, I'm Neil. Take care.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.